0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. On today's episode, we're talking with the 2019 Wallaroo Player of the Year, the powerhouse of the Waratahs and Coogee resident, Grace Hamilton. On today's episode, we're talking about the state of rugby in Australia, the growth of the women's game, and how to train during COVID-19. You're listening to Coogee Voice.
1: exposure and support around the country has been phenomenal from like the grassroots level up. But having that as a choice I think of sports in schools is something that I think will really enhance the game and enhance the participation among girls as well. And it's hard because they want to be good academically and they want to be good as a sport and, and it's something that I've seen it's, it's difficult, like some boys will come to me at school and just want to chat to me about normal life because the pressures that they're having at home and on the sporting field is something that they they take home with them and they live with that kind of angst every day. But for me growing up, I think the best thing for me was like at school I just tried everything and you try to dip your toes in every single sport and every opportunity you have and you learn different things and you realise what kind of really what you want to do.
0: welcome to Coogee Voice. How are you going today? Yeah, good. Good, thank you. Well, let's kick this off. You're from country New South Wales. How did you find yourself in the eastern suburbs of Sydney?
1: Look, yeah, it was a surprise to me too. Never thought I'd make it to the eastern suburbs, let alone like Coogee area. So yeah, I'm from Orange, New South Wales, live in Panyuara, but then ended up at university in Canberra. And then my first job was out in the eastern suburbs so I ended up working at Moore Park so yeah just kind of landed here and haven't moved ever since. Are you going to
0: stay in the eastern suburbs or do you see yourself moving back to country New South Wales?
1: I don't know I'm happy to move around maybe do some traveling overseas but yeah at the moment I love where we live and the eastern suburbs actually is great little den to live so yeah really enjoying it.
0: All right so tell us a little bit about your journey and how you came to be playing rugby union.
1: So I wasn't really a rugby player growing up. I kind of just watched the boys. There wasn't really a lot of country women's rugby out here that I knew of or even we could get involved in. So, yeah, I was kind of pushed into netball and things like that, netball and hockey and athletics. So did that all my childhood basically, watched my dad and my brother play, and then I didn't really put on any boots, played a bit of touch football, but put on some boots when I was on exchange in university in America just to make some friends, and I haven't taken them off ever since.
0: That's wonderful. So over the past few years, we've actually seen a huge expansion of the women's game and you've been a part of that as well. Walk us through what it's like being part of rugby in Australia at the moment and seeing the women's game going from strength to strength.
1: Yeah, look, when I first got involved in rugby, there wasn't, you, no one really knew about it or if you played it. It kind of had that stereotypical nature of being a men's game and everyone kind of looked at you like that, whereas now they, they look at you as like an athlete and as something that is comparable to the men, which is, it's great to see. I remember that first camp, I had my first representative camp and we were wearing all the men's clothes that didn't fit them and they were like three XLs on us. But um, yeah, now it's just gone to strength and strength. So now we're... We've got our own uniforms. We get our own. We get our own exposure and support around the country has been phenomenal from like the grassroots level up. So, yeah, so many more girls are involved, and it's just so great to see.
0: So, talking about sort of grassroots rugby, you play for Sydney University. How is the local competition going?
1: Yeah, local competition is good. It actually was so strong a couple of years ago. Like it kind of goes in waves. It goes one year on, one year off. But we're lucky to have eight teams within Sydney to be able to play against. There's not many other areas that have that strength in competition for the women's game. So yeah, we are really lucky here in in the competition we have. And then especially at Sydney Uni now, they've even got, a women's rugby person on board. So, yeah, them putting those resources into something just, I don't know, it it makes you feel better about the game and the support is growing and you can see the resources actually being put in place to ensure that continues. So
0: part of the development and growth of the game has really been coming from around Sevens. I remember when I first started playing, Sevens was what you did at the end of the season with a bunch of your players and it generally was just a piss-up at Byron Bay. How has the Sevens game in particular changed?
1: Yeah, well, look, I remember, yeah, you're right. It it actually was just kind of like a fun little tournament you'd go to, but Sevens now being involved in the Olympics is just a great way that people can get involved and especially girls because – I think, the, yeah, the 15s game can be a bit intimidating in some formats in regards to scrums and set-piece, but it's a great platform for them to like get involved and get a taste of it and then, yeah, trying to transfer the skills over. But it's going from strength to strength and the girls, Aussie girls in the Olympics and things, just winning that gold medal and then the strength of their squad in the last few years as well has just been great.
0: So, how do we get more women playing though? We're seeing it going from strength to strength. Currently, close to thirty percent of players are women, but how do we get them passing the ball? How do we get more women being refs, being commentators? What are your thoughts on this?
1: Uh, for me, I think it's just it's not having like it's and it's so great to see at the moment that actually it's exposed as a sport that women can play rather than a men's sport that we're just a little bit involved in. And I think it comes from, from even having rugby involved at a schoolgirl level. And there is some competitions where schools are involved and girls' teams are involved. But having that as a choice, I think, of sports in schools is something that I think will really enhance the game and enhance the participation among girls as well. I think that's a great thing that they could do or look at getting them more in schools. It's the acceptance of the schools at the moment and kind of systems being okay with that. But, yeah, I do I do think it has to be a school thing and community-based having those competitions maybe some safe techniques against administrating and learn how to tackle at a young age and things like that. I just think we need to express the positive stories around it too, because a lot of mums, I know my mum was scared when I first started playing rugby. She said she wasn't going to speak to me, but now <laughs> she's the biggest supporter ever. So I think it's getting that exposure about it's actually not a dangerous sport. I had more injuries playing netball. Like it is a contact sport, but if you know how to do it safely, you're, you're going to be okay.
0: Well, that's it though. It's the hand that rocks the cradle that makes the decision. So if you can get yeah. mums on board and convince them <laughs> that it's a safe game, they'll get they'll get any of their kids playing it at all. Yeah. But how are you going at the moment with COVID nineteen and training? There's no games happening. What's no. What's the season looking like?
1: Yeah, so it's a it, like, and I am really disappointed because we were meant to have nine test matches this year, which is unheard of for the Wallaroos and the Australian rugby, and I'm really disappointed about that. But Look, there's not much you can do. We need everyone to stay safe and healthy. At the moment, we've been told that our June test matches aren't happening. And then obviously the load test matches that were meant to happen in July, August. We don't we're not sure about them. So Club Rugby, I think, is taking back off on the end of July, which is which is great to see. So very keen to get back into that. But yeah, COVID, as much as it's been a tough situation for all, it's kind of like for for us women, like you go from your club rugby season to representative to sevens back into club rep like you kind of never have that break. So for some of us it's actually nice having that that little bit of time off to to train by yourself and, and do that. Trying to like regain that love for training constantly. But yeah, no, I've I've trained a lot and um yeah I'm really enjoying it. But yeah, it is disappointing to lose the competitions that we had.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about how you are staying fit and healthy during
1: COVID? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's a bit hard. I think over Easter it was a bit hard with mum just trying to feed us um, lots of chocolate. But, um, yeah, no, it's been good. It's just kind of morning routine, trying to get up, do do our gym sessions. We've got a lot of support and resources around us that um, set our programs for us. So, yeah, they basically tell us what to do and we just follow the programs and just make sure we schedule it into our day. So, yeah, I'm using that in the mornings probably the most, trying to get up, do something, and then start my day, which is good.
0: That's wonderful to hear. Rugby Australia has been in the media quite a fair bit recently. You're in the thick of it. What are your thoughts on the current state of rugby in Australia?
1: Yeah, look, I've been involved in some conversations around that. Obviously, us as Wallaroos, we're not professional athletes, so we're not getting paid every single day. So, so yeah, we have our daytime jobs and, and we're lucky enough for lots of us have retained them because we're kind of used to the kind of situation like that. Rugby Australia, I think – it's, it's a tough one and I've been told by Rupert and I have conversations with them that, yeah, they, they are in dice straits but there's some positive coming out of it and they, they're going like, to put there, some pressure on community and, and club rugby, which would be great to see because they think that that will start up before any international and overseas border travel and games so yeah I think they're going to pump their resources into that community and grassroots level at this stage which is which would probably be the best thing to do to regain that love and ensure everyone's still playing rugby I think but yeah I don't really get too much information about it I just try and stay in that positive kind of mindset around it because look the news always doesn't give you good stories they're gonna not tell you the good news story so yeah if we can try and spread some good news stories I think that's really important
0: But, Grace, you know, you're tiptoeing around it. There's been a fair bit of stuff in the news about the CEO roles. What are your thoughts about that? Again, you're in the thick of it.
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, Look, to be honest, Raylene Castle has shown so much support for women's rugby and and since she's been there, me being part of that team, it's gone from strength to strength. So I have nothing but she showed so much support to myself personally as as a leader of the team and helped me in that regard as well as ensuring that the women still got the same equal opportunities that the boys do in regards to us playing lots of test matches and having that exposure before we play World Cup next year. So yeah, she's so much support for us. She was in a hard situation. I have nothing against her or negative to say about her because she's taking the women's game to a new level but I'm not sure what they'll do now and I don't know who's in the running for any jobs (laughs) but um yeah inside goss no I don't have that I'm sorry but um (laughs) yeah no I hopefully just be a positive for rugby and something that we can all just pick up and start again I guess
0: I think the other thing is as well is rugby is so much more than just the wallabies um and to sort of Reduce every part of rugby in Australia down to one team actually doesn't do rugby in Australia justice at all. Uh, we continue to see club rugby going from strength to strength. We're seeing the women's game going from strength to strength. You know, we're getting female referees. We're seeing female commentators. The game is growing exponentially across the board. And I think that's something that we should be very proud of, regardless of the results of the Wallabies, when the Wallaroos and also our Pearls are going fantastically
1: yeah no it it is and you're right like it, it does come down to one team and and they have been the revenue builder for it's probably that's that nature of it being that from this very beginning it was just the Wallabies team but yeah now rugby is so much bigger than that and and to be honest those those men playing in that game support us just as much as we support them so there's a lot of them that are out there that want that know rugby is more than just them and and it's something that I think Australia needs to know as well, is that it's such a great opportunity for them to get around not just the Wallabies, but every single other team that's involved in rugby at a community to a professional level.
0: One of the things you just touched on then was the fact that a lot of the elite female players actually have other full-time jobs that they're doing in addition to being elite athletes. How do you go about managing that?
1: Yeah, it's tough. And I remember when I first started, it was just kind of like you're running on empty, but you get into a routine, and get used to it. And, and the one thing I love is like all the girls are there because they want to be there, 100%. They've got so much passion for the game and they want to just play rugby. So you, you're standing there with, with people that have, have daytime jobs and they're working so hard on and off the field, which is it's such a nice thing to do because it means so much to every single person. And, yeah, it's tough at times, but once you get in a routine, it makes it pretty easy. So, Grace,
0: you know, during a normal season when you're headed up to a test, you're playing for the Waratahs as well, walk us through a standard day which includes training and full-time work.
1: Yeah, so Waratahs probably season is one of the heaviest loads we kind of have. Uh, For Australia we go away on camps. But, um, yeah, so for for, for the Australian and Waratahs kind of season we're up in the morning either at gym or conditioning and then we go to work. We're not allowed to train, so you're not allowed. To, they're not allowed to expect you to train between eight and four, and then so it's after that. So we're there at five o'clock, and lucky enough, the Waratahs feed us uh, for dinner because last year we were just getting there at five o'clock and we weren't leaving till nine thirty. But it's the same this year. So we're we're in there at five o'clock. We have meetings, we have gym, we have training, we have on field, and then we're yeah we're going to out for di- we're having dinner there, which is lucky enough for them to do to us, but yeah, it's just a tough day. And then you get back, go to sleep and you're up again and do exactly the same thing. So it is, it's, it is a tough kind of thing, but once you get used to it, it just becomes normal, normal life, I guess. And, um, At the end of the day, you get to play rugby on the weekend. So it's been good.
0: (laughs) That's great. Just, I want to talk a little bit about your job. You're a senior rugby and basketball coordinator at Scots College. What's it like working in an all-boys school? Because this in itself, I think, is a testament as how sport has changed in Australia. A decade ago, I don't think you would have seen a young woman working in an all-boys private school in a sporting department. So what's it like?
1: Yeah, Scots, to be honest, has been the best, Thing I've probably done since living in Sydney they are so supportive of me and a gp you're right as a gps school in rugby there's no way that there'll be a woman yeah. involved in that sort of regard but it's kind of opened not only the boys eyes but the parents as well like I'm out there I do all the like year 11 and 12 so 16 17 year old boys and I'm trialing them I'm like putting them in pecking order of like what what teams they're in and and they're asking me questions of what they should do and things. And that's something that I never thought would happen, especially growing up in a, in a private school and that sort of system. But it's so nice to see. And, and now I'm, oh yeah, I'm coaching them. We're helping them. And both their parents are sending me messages of support. And last year when we played at North Sydney, I had my whole year 12 team from the rugby come and watch me play. And, and I like that is unbelievable. And the support that they show me in that school and that community is, is so great. And I'm so lucky.
0: That's wonderful. Now, Grace, you've also been quite vocal regarding mental health and in particular youth mental health as you've recognised the amount of pressure that young kids are under. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, uh, look, I think um, that's a tough one and especially being at a, a very heavily sports school, there's so much pressure on kids to do well. And it's not only just from themselves but you see the parents that come in and put the pressure on the kids as well. And, and it's hard because they, they want to be good academically and they want to be good as a sport. And, and it's something that I've seen. It's it's difficult. Like some boys will come to me at school just want to chat to me about normal life because the pressures that they're having at home and on the sporting field is something that they yeah they take home with them and they live with that kind of angst every day. But for me growing up, I think the best thing for me was like at school I just tried everything. And you try dip your toes in every single sport and every opportunity you have and you learn different things and you realize what kind of really what you want to do. And, and I say that to them, I'm like, don't put too much pressure on you making the 16 A's or something like that. Like in 10 years, this won't matter that much for you, but, but they can't see past that. So I think it's just a more about that education about, about how to manage with those stresses and, and deal with that, that life situations is something that we need to implement.
0: So Grace, where to from here? Where is Grace? What's Grace Hamilton's next
1: steps? <laughs> next steps is trying to build. We have a World Cup next year for Australia, so it's just trying to keep all the girls motivated. At the moment, like twice a week, I'm doing. We're doing like Zoom calls with with like four or five girls from the squad just to get their insights, their goals, how they're going. Just touch base with everyone in these times but yeah just keep that motivation get that participation still growing and ensure that like we're in a better place at the end of this that every single person or player is in a better space like mentally and physically at the end of all of this and just be there to support everyone and hopefully we get some test matches at the end of this year some club rugby in July August but yeah just fingers crossed there's so much unknown now but um yeah just trying to ensure that everyone's safe and healthy.
0: Now, Grace, I got a little bit of a controversial question for you. I know good you guess. played for Sydney University, so did I. Last year, Ramwick Rugby secured an international test against Argentina. Why do you think that Sydney University has never been able to secure such an international test match? Yeah,
1: look, twice. I don't know. I don't, they might be too good for it. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I have no idea. I don't know why they can't do that. We always have to. They always have to travel to play those games. So. I'm not sure, but hopefully we can get one on the cards. that can be the next push that a touring team brings a men and women's team over and we can all play.
0: Yeah. So, Grace, before I let you go, there's three tough questions that we ask everyone. You've got to tell us what's your best beach or favourite beach in the eastern suburbs, where can you get the best coffee and where sells the best hamburgers?
1: Okay. My favourite beach, I reckon, in the east? Oh, that's tough. I think Tamarama. Um, I'm a bit of a girl. I like it down there and you go around the rocks. Um, my favourite coffee, was it? Yeah. <sighs> I'm, I'm a sucker. I live right next to like Bake Bar and um, Sugar Baby. So, um, yeah, probably Bake Bar. Um, standard. Everyone probably says that around there. <laughs> and then what was the other one?
0: West Burger. So if you're going to have a binge and buy a burger, where would you be getting it
1: from? Oh, out of the Blue on Clavelli Road. Okay. Well,
0: Grace, thank you for joining us on Coogee Voice.
1: Anytime. How good's this?
0: Now, wasn't that fun chatting with Grace? Now, if you'd like to learn more about the Wallaroos or how to get involved in your local women's rugby club, head to NewSouthWalesRugby.com.au. Now, of course, our local women's rugby club is Ramwick Magic. That's it for this episode of Coogee Voice.